Yeah. It's a different concoction. You're listening to the Vineyard so Community Church Podcast with uh, Pastor Rick Francis. IPad For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. together from some of the pictures I took, and I just thought, well, isn't that interesting? It's even got a little music that went with it, and so I thought that was kind of cool. So that was fun. Uh, while we were there, we met with uh, the leaders of Central America. There was a meeting, and a planning meeting for the next conference. What country would host it? El Salvador made a presentation. They still haven't come up with a decision, but it was a wonderful time of being there. The conference was for the churches of Costa Rica within the vineyard and Friends of the Vineyard. And so there was uh, quite a few that came. We enjoyed ministering to them. We had ministry time after every service. And I think there was probably over the two and a half days, there were probably seven or eight ministry times. And they came forward uh, looking for a word from the Lord, looking for a touch from God. A lot of it was theme. The theme was mas plus, 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 which means more, plus, plus, plus. More Father, more Son, more Holy Spirit. So that was the theme of the conference. They did a great job. We had one speaker that was outside of Costa Rica. Uh, that was David Rotan, and he came from Spain. Young guy. Uh, matter of fact, he's, I think he's 50, 52, something like that. I thought, man, this guy's a young, young, young feller. And uh, he was just really, really wonderful. It was, it was really interesting. When you get to meet a vineyard person from another part of the world, how much their heart resonates with the very message of your heart and the kingdom of God and uh, the natural, supernatural. And uh, it was just really, really fun to hear him. Outside of that, then the Nationals shared uh, from Costa Rica. Their, their leaders are wonderful, wonderful leaders. They spoke really, really well. I had my headset on so I could listen in English. And sometimes I was listening in Spanish and then the English and then the Spanish and some, some of the Hispanic preachers get a little excited. So much so that they would drown out the English translation. So hopefully uh, I was understanding what Spanish words they were using at those very emphatic moments when they were really knocking it out of the park. So it was a good time. We went to a new vineyard church, first time we'd ever gone there to minister, uh, Heredia. Uh, the first slide was, was up in that area. It's, it's kind of on a, a higher altitude, and you can see over there's two valleys that, that go, through Central, or go through Costa Rica, and this is called the Central Valley. And from their place, you can see uh, down into the Valley of San Jose, and uh, it was just a beautiful, beautiful place. We got the minister there. I spoke for five minutes, and, and then Jeff Smith, our vineyard pastor from Evansville, he gave the morning message and went for quite a while. <laughs> you should appreciate me. No. <clears throat> and, uh, and then when we were done, we had ministry time. Ministry time went for at least another hour. And uh, just a joy to pray over so many hungry uh, Costa Ricans. That's a lot of fun. So... I feel like I've done due diligence on the Costa Rica stuff because last time, well, usually I don't say anything about it. I just come back and start preaching. And everybody says, didn't you go to Costa Rica? We didn't get to see any. Give a report. For all of you, there you are. Mm-hmm. I want us to continue to look at who we are in Christ and what the scripture tells us about us, about who we are. I want to go to a familiar passage, Romans chapter 8 today. It's going to be in the Passion Translation. Uh, we're going to begin at verse 18. So just kind of open your hearts. It'll be on the screen. Sue, stay with me because sometimes those slides change right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just got excited making this. and just want to get as many words on the slide as I could. Here's Paul speaking to the church at Rome. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. 
Selah. You just gotta, you just gotta rest on that. Because I know a lot of us are, are experiencing some difficult times, facing some some heavy stuff. Uh, and here, Paul is just reminding the church that any suffering that we're enduring really can't even begin to be compared to the magnitude of glory. I love the Passion Translation. The magnitude of glory. Mm, that's about to be unveiled within us. Now, a lot of times when we see that verse, we, we, we see it and we think eschatologically, we're, we're looking at the end times. We're thinking, yeah, at the end, when Jesus returns, the second coming of Christ, you know, when we see him, we'll be like him and we'll be changed and all this will be transferred and we will have glory, just a magnitude of glory. And I believe that's true. But I think sometimes we take it out of context and we always see it as in the future and we don't understand that that future reality is something that we should be entering into now. That it's available, it's a pressing in, and as we'll see in a minute, there's a reason for that. But I just want to set your appetite for more. For more, right at the beginning. Verse 19, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. Oh. Because of the fall, the, all of creation has been suffering. Here, Brian Simmons, the author, the translator of the Passion Translation, is, is inter interchanging the use of the universe and creation and uh, to me I kind of I kind of like that from the standpoint that oftentimes we just think of the creation uh, of earth and all the the things that earth has to do but when he when he talks about the universe is standing on tiptoe waiting to see the unveiling of what God is doing in his sons and daughters the glory that he's extended to us it's like not just earth, but all of the universe is waiting with bated breath to see what they've longed to see. Because as we think of it in terms of the earth, all of creation has had to suffer because of the fall of man, because of our sin. It has not only just affected us and our children, but it's affected the creation. And here we see kind of the global aspect of what happens when we are the ones who have been trusted with God, made in his image, both masculine and feminine. We have given uh, dominion, we've given the direction and destiny to rule and to reign over the earth. But when we were deceived and we gave up, we gave up our right to rule. We gave up the earth to the evil one. And as a result of that, he has had dominion over this reality. And he has been functioning in full effect to do as much harm and destruction, not just to human beings, but to everyone, to all of creation. Our adversary is real. And he is still trying to do whatever last ditch efforts he can muster up before the coming of the Lord Jesus. And so we, we get this, the consequences of human sin. But, now you need to really pay a special attention when you see a, a B-U-T in the scriptures. But, it's telling us that this is, but it's in contrast to this. But, a lot of times, you know, we, we think of it, you know, of all our difficulties and all the financial struggles and all this kind of stuff, but then we get the divine conjunction, but God. You know, if we just looked at it in the natural, everything looks very, very bleak, but God. 
And, and when we see those divine conjunctions, the, the divine but, it's amazing. <laughs> I like the divine but, and I cannot lie. <laughs> I cannot lie. I do. They're so wonderful. But now with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. See, this is why it's, it's so important that we get free, that we receive and we participate in the wonderful freedom that Jesus Christ has purchased in his death, in the shedding of his blood, the covering of our sins, his ascension, his resurrection and ascension to the right hand of the Father where he intercedes for us. Oh, why? So we'll be free. Paul had to tell the Galatians in chapter 5, it's for freedom's sake that you've been set free. So be free. Don't go back into a, to the bondage. I got some insights on that. The Lord's given me insights. Why in the world as believers do we go back to the old stuff and get caught up in all that nonsense again? And it's it's because we have an adversary who's very, very sneaky. We underestimate his ability to deceive. Verse 22, to this day we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. Since Linda has already this morning talked about us being carried in the womb and she really enjoyed that and I think everybody who's feminine could really identify with that masculine dudes maybe not so much I'm thinking well Lord I know I'm one in you and you're in me but I don't know what that's like but the women do mm -hmm. the contractions and labor of childbirth I know something about that not experientially, I haven't had a contraction, although I've had some serious stomach cramps, but nothing like a contraction. But this arm remembers, remembers vividly in 1980, April 15th, 1980. It's imprinted. The fingernails, the clutches of my wife as she's going through a contraction and then another contraction. It's impressed deeply in my trauma memory. I remember the pangs of labor. And if, if, if the guys, if, if you'd never had the joy of going through a Lamaze class and childbirth classes and being there, uh, I was coach of the year that year for Debbie. I, I, they should have offered me an MBA track contract, I'm sure, because I did such a great job. Labor is intense. Labor is intense. I can only imagine what she was going through. Because all I got was just a, a smidgen of sharing the agony of that. But all creation, because of our sin, is, has been in, in that kind of state. It, it's been groaning. It's been in agony uh, all this time. And so it's getting really excited right now because of what God's doing in us. Mm. I don't even know where I left off. 23? Thank you. I had a trauma flashback memory. <laughs> Post-traumatic stress. <laughs> a meltdown. All the ladies who've given birth probably are right there with me. And it's, and it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience 
our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. For this is the hope of our salvation. Mm. Mm -mm. Did you catch that? Yeah. We have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit through the saving born-again experience that Jesus Christ has provided to, for us. To whereby we're forgiven of our sins, we come out of the kingdom of darkness, we come into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his Son, whom he loves. And as we come and we make that transition, we find that now we're in a position where we are new and we can begin to live differently because of the grace of God. Sometimes in our American Western culture, we try to earn stuff. And that's why sometimes we, we, we are easy prey by the evil one. Because he, he wants us to think that we have to earn stuff. We have to earn his grace. We have to earn his favor. We have to be good enough. We have to obey. Our behavior has to line up in a certain way for us to feel like we are truly, truly honoring God. And deserving of his grace. Mm. But here we, we find that We've tasted the first fruits, but there's so much more to come. We've tasted the first fruits. We have a passion inside for us to fill the full status of what God has for us as sons and daughters, uh, including our physical transformation. Now, I want to want to be clear about a few things because. So often when, when you're talking about, about spiritual eternal realities, it's easy for the enemy to whisper in our ear and say, well, that's for the future. Let's not allow that this morning. Let's believe that what God's word says is true about us is true about us. We've tasted the first fruits of forgiveness and salvation. We, we have a, a longing inside our spirit and inside our hearts it says there's more. I know that there's more. There's more that the Lord has for me. There's more freedom than what he wants for me. And the thing that we, we need to realize is that we're, we're all in different places in, in the maturation process. And so that's why Jesus always is telling us don't judge one another. Don't judge because where you start and where you are is different than when, where someone else has started and where they are. And, and so often in the church, we get this religious cookie cutter mentality that we think everyone should be as, in their behavior, in their language, in their thinking. Do you realize that this whole journey, you're growing? And for my 90-year-olds and 80-year-olds and 70-year-olds in here, I'll, I'll go as low as 60. You should be getting sweeter as the day goes by. If one of the key things that we will be judged on when we stand before the judgment, the Bema seat of Christ in heaven, it's going to be how well did you love? The more years that you're walking with Jesus, the more you should be growing the more we should have our experiences and understand even in, in experience where evil has touched us in a profound way, the Lord knows how to redemptively work in those circumstances, those events, and bring something incredible out of them that causes us to look more like Jesus. He, he doesn't waste anything. We're going to get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's... It's coming, it's, it's coming in just a few verses. As we, as we experience that and as we grow, our ability to love, our capacity to love, our capacity to receive love is so important. If, if we're not allowing our heart to grow, if we're not allowing it to, to be able to absorb, all we can do is absorb the love of Christ today, right now. We, we absorb that in our hearts, and guess what? 
it does something inside our heart. It increases our capacity to absorb more tomorrow. And it increases our desire to do something about what is happening in our heart. The love that we've received compels us to extend love to others. And this is the whole secret of the foundation of the kingdom of God. It's not about a power trip. It's not about an authority trip. It's about a love trip. And as we position ourselves to receive more of his love, it changes our capacity. I've been working on a message for my senior classification, my my senior department of our local church. And it's just like, I get so excited when, when I just think of what God has as we get older. We, we've experienced things. We know things. We've gone through things. We've seen how he's healed us. And now our identity is not from what he's rescued us from, but it's how he's rescued us over and over again. That's one of the things. A lot of times, say we've we've got some kind of background uh, where we were in bondage and God comes and he rescues us out of that. He doesn't want us to get our identity from where he's rescued us, but how he rescued us. He wants us to get an understanding of his grace that says it doesn't matter what we've been stuck in. He is the redeemer. He is the one who is a savior who can rescue us from whatever hellhole we live in, we have lived in. He's able to take us out of that into his presence. And that should be the thing. You know, that's, I remember, I've never forgot an apostolic brother who was talking about a church on the East Coast and the church was full of prostitutes and drug addicts. And when he came, he says he loved going there because the joy of the Lord, they never lost the sense of joy and thanksgiving for how Jesus had rescued them and delivered them. So the joy of their salvation was something that was ever ever expressed in their, in their gatherings. They were always full of joy because they know how he rescues how he rescues. Not just from where I came, but how he rescues. He rescues us completely. He saves us, whatever the calamity that we face. Oh, I love that. He's so good. Waiting for the fulfillment. Mm. Okay, where did I leave off again? 24? Thank you. For this is the hope of our salvation. Ah, yeah, that's where I left off. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ah, yeah. The hope of glory. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep waiting for its fulfillment. I don't know how many times the the evil one attacks us as, as we're in that, that situation where we, we've, we've tasted the first fruits and we know that there's more and we're, we're calling out for more in concrete situations. We're, we're praying for healing. We're praying for deliverance. We're praying for God to come through and touch our, our, our friends and our family members who have never come to, to understand the wonderfulness of Jesus yet. And as we pray in those things, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. And our hope is that the Lord is going to come through. Our hope is that the gospel is too good to be true, but it's true. And our hope is that from our perspective, their hearts are so hard, there's no way he could ever get to them. But our hope is that he is God. And he knows how to crack the hardest nut. He knows how to penetrate the hardest heart. He knows how to bring the worst of the worst into the experience of salvation. 
And so we have hope and we wait and we have hope and we trust and we look for the day of God's moving in this situation or that situation. Even though we don't see it, we continue to hope. And the evil, know, the evil one knows that if he can get you discouraged because he's, he's, you, you've had a situation, you've sought the Lord, but you've grown weary and your hope and your trust has waned and, and now you're not trusting and now you're, you're resigning that this is as good as it gets or God must not be able to do this for this person or he won't do it for me because I disqualified myself in whatever way that we have. We, we get those. And the whole assault, the whole evil demonic assault is to rob you of hope. Because hope is a living entity. In 1 Peter 1.3, we've been called to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because he lives in me, hope needs to continue to grow. Hope needs to enlarge. And so where, where the enemy's trying to restrict and make your hope and, and, and your sense that God can really move in a certain situation, he tries to continue to make that smaller and smaller. You need to be responding in the spirit by saying, no, I believe it's getting larger and larger. Let him enlarge your hope. Deb and I received a prophetic word and it says, you're not praying big enough prayers. Yeah! I love that. Because my imagination's pretty, pretty good. I can pray some really big, big prayers. And when I heard that, I just thought, okay, Holy Spirit, teach me. Where am I not praying a big enough prayer? Where is it that the enemy has kind of reduced my hope in this venue and, and, and for this situation, and my hope is, is getting quenched, I want to see a bigger prayer because of a larger hope that he has. Yeah. Mm. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. We've got we to gotta look at that empower word. He wants to empower us in our weakness. You know, this goes against the grain of kind of logical church teaching that, that the stronger you are, the more you will be empowered. And there is, a, there is a truth about developing because as we develop and as we grow, we're aware of more power that the Lord wants to release and how to walk in his authority so that we can release his power in the earth. But so often, <laughs> I, I, I love how Paul has just taken a moment and he just says, folks, it's in our weakness that he empowers us. We don't have to wait until we can bench press 250 pounds before the strength of the Lord will come to us. The power of the Holy Spirit will come to us in our weakness. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I find that the power of God flows through me when I feel like I'm least in a position to, to have his power flow. I just don't feel like I'm on top. I'm not, I don't have my A game. It's, it's like, I really want to see God do something here, but man, if I just had fasted a little more, prayed a little more, maybe I'd, I'd, I'd see it. No, 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 no. Don't, don't get confused. It's in our weakness that his power is oftentimes so wonderfully displayed. The Holy Spirit, for example, at times we don't even know how to pray. We don't know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to... Super intercede. Oh, I love that. I want to put a cape on as soon as I read that. Holy Spirit super intercedes on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs that are too deep for words. 
Gosh, I could preach for another hour, so I better be merciful to you guys. When you're in a hard spot, I just want you to know that in the kingdom and in the spirit, keep experimenting with with new ways of approaching prayer, coming into the presence of the Lord. I, I want to encourage you to take time and 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 almost put in your your calendar a prolonged period of time that you can just sit in His presence. And one of the things that I like to encourage folks to do is when, when you know that you've, you've come into the presence of the Lord, that's usually by thanksgiving. That's usually when we praise Him for who we are, He is. We come into His, you know, into His presence. We come into His Try to get to His throne. One of the things, if I ever stop talking and read more, the Holy Spirit lives to make intercession for us with groans that, that words can't even begin to express. And later in the chapter, it says, and Jesus lives to intercede for us. So as you come before the throne of Father God, let there be a, a, a sense of seeing the Holy Spirit and Jesus praying and interceding before the Father. Now, usually where I start with is I want to know what they're saying about me. Hmm. What's the Holy Spirit praying for me? What is Jesus praying for the Father to the Father for, it, for me? What is it that he's saying? I, I, I want to get there and hear what they're saying. And when, when you hear them, write it down. Because if the enemy will use any technique to rob a blessing an eternal blessing, it's through our inability to recall what we just experienced. And some of us, we have these, these Mount of Transfiguration experiences and we think, I'll never forget this one. And then the next day we're saying, now what was that? What was that? I remember, it was so good, so good. They were saying some really good things. What were they? Write them down, write them down. Even interrupt your revelation to write them down because you can go right back into the revelation that's taking place. But write them down so you can What are they saying about you? And when you're interceding, and which is, then you're becoming like Jesus and like the Holy Spirit. You're becoming part of the community of the Trinity, which we've been included according to John 17 with Christ in us and we in him and the Father and the all of that incredible stuff in verse 26 and on John chapter 17. As we get into that reality, then the, the burden that's on your heart, the person or the situation that you're interceding for, listen to what, how they're praying about that. And that will help you know how to pray effective prayer. Whenever we pray and we come in agreement with what the Holy Spirit is praying and what the Lord Jesus is praying before the Father, that's, that's one you know is going to get be answered. You can pray that with confidence. And I want to just encourage you to do that. That's free. No, no charge for that. We'll get back on here. Wow, that's interesting. I got page, where did page two go? Page two's gone. And all the people said. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, I wish I could read the rest of the chapter because we're going to verse 30. Okay, good, good. We're, we're a little different on my page than there. 27. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan 
and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born. We're going to come back to that in just a second. And he destined us from the beginning to share in the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him, having determined our destiny ahead of time. He called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Yes! And I'm trying to be mindful that we're not all processing this the same way. Me, I'm going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs inside. You know, it's just... It's just amazing when I, when I see this. Meditate on this passage of Scripture. Spend time. Let the Holy Spirit come across you. You can go to uh, the YouVersion app. Now has the Passion Translation. Bible Gateway now has the Passion Translation. A lot of these online Bibles, you can go and, you, and I just encourage you to, to get the Passion Translation of this passage and just meditate upon this. He knew you before the beginning. What beginning? Some have, have uh, in, in other places, before the foundation of the earth. Some say before the foundation of the universe. He knew you. And he knew you and he called you and he ordained and he destined and he has all of that for you. And a lot of times we don't know who we are because we're trying to figure out who we are based on our, from conception to now. And within that time frame, all our good, bad, and ugly experiences has tried to define us. The Holy Spirit will speak to those situations and will show us who we are, but the evil one will use them to try to restrict and, and narrow our understanding of who we are as a human being, a unique creation of God Almighty. But I find that sometimes evil has so profoundly destroyed the soul and so has messed up our memory and our thoughts that to even begin to believe the truth about who we are, we have to pull back just as the scripture says here. We have to pull back and God wants to invite us that before the beginning, where he had us in his heart, where we came from, from the heart of God. And when we get before the Lord and we enter into that place where we we get past all the evil that has happened to us. We get past all our wrong choices. We get past the things that were done to us and the things that we did to others. And we get past all the way and we get into the very heart of the Father. He wants us to see where in his heart we came from. That is so good. To see who we are. I go beyond being a bald-headed, pudgy preacher. I go to that place in the heart of my Father where He absolutely delights in me and He has loved me from eternity past. And it's never going to change. And now I can intentionally make choices to embrace that so that I can absorb more of the wonder of His love, of His goodness. And in so doing, he extends the righteousness of his son, Jesus, the perfect righteousness of Jesus into my account. He puts it, he wants me to embrace the full righteousness of Jesus. He doesn't want me to get on the Rick Francis righteous improvement self-help program. I've been in that program for a long time. And it's time to just bury that and say, let's receive by faith the very righteousness, the perfect righteousness of Jesus. And as we receive that, it's amazing the kind of work 
the righteousness of Jesus does in our heart, our mind, our body, our spirit, our soul. And as a result of that, we start thinking and feeling and behaving differently. Not because we're trying to keep a rule, but because we've experienced a reality from the inside. And from the inside, we're beginning to make progress of maturation, taking step by step. And if we take two steps forward and one step back, we don't believe the lie of the evil one that we've never, never really started. We've started. We continue to move in the righteousness that is ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's good preaching. That is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oliver Holden wrote a, an old hymn. It says, They who seek the throne of grace find that throne in every place. If we live a life of prayer, God is present everywhere. <laughs> in our sickness or in our health, in our want or in our wealth, if we look to God in prayer, God is present everywhere. Isn't that fun? I just love, I, I just, I kind of like that. That was just sweet. You are not defined by your dysfunction, but by your deliverance. when we start to look at the glorious design that God has called us to and that all creation is longing on tiptoe to look at the glory of the sons and daughters, the children of God. There's so many things as a pastor I just want to qualify and explain and break down and all that kind of stuff. Can't do that today. So if you have your Connect card, you might have some questions and feel free to write those questions on your Connect card and get them in because I know that everyone who hears good news, it's not always good news. I understand the process of when our emotions have been damaged. Oftentimes when we hear something that is white, it comes out black. When we hear something that's good, it comes out bad. And so feel free to write. Email me. You've got my email in your bulletin. Let me know what, what it is that you need. You need some further insight in how this happens in your life in this regard. Because I, 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 I think it's time for us not to shy away from any of the difficult things that we're going through. Let's face them. Let's see how the righteousness of Jesus is actually there working. Let's see how the authority and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ works in the difficult nitty-gritty places of where the rubber meets the road. We need, to, we need to know that. So feel free to write those things. I know there's no way to be exhausted and I've already gone way over my time. But it's my first time preaching in a long time, so I forgot how to do this. Uh, we want to pray for Margaret. This is a corporate practical expression of really this message. How do we take the physical that she's going through and appropriate supernatural divine resources, resources in the spirit to come to bear in this state that she finds herself in? Let's pray. Father, as I've been pursuing to be before you, to hear what Jesus is praying about Margaret, to hear what Holy Spirit, the groaning of the Holy Spirit about Margaret, we just want to come up into the heavenlies and come before your throne and say we want to agree with everything that Jesus and Holy Spirit's praying for Margaret. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us revelation so that we would not just be shadow boxing we want to participate and to realize that you've made us effective you've made us powerful and you've given us 
authority. And we want to exercise all of that to the glory of Jesus and for the full healing restoration of our sister Margaret. And so we stand before you and we say, come Holy Spirit, show us how to fight. Show us how to contend for Margaret. I want you to know it's not just Margaret. Every one, every situation, it may be yourself that you need to contend for today. We have to contend for ourselves so that we can be free, so that we can contend for others. And so we, we stand before you humbly by the blood of the Lamb, of our Lord and Savior. And we say, let the full, full release of the kingdom of God and the Lordship of Jesus over Margaret Fence, body, soul, and spirit. We proclaim uh, the righteousness of Jesus in her spirit, in her mind, in her heart, in all of her emotions, and in her body. We command cancer to leave in the name of Jesus. We command cells to behave as they were originally created to behave. And we pray, Father, the removal of everything harmful from our sister in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I know that we all want to be effective in prayer. I feel like the Lord is laying on my heart to start uh, a, a time where those that want to, to war in prayer as an intercessor in behalf of others, uh, I think it's time for us to get together and, and start looking at some of the things that the Lord is revealing to us today so that we know how to contend for others. And if, if you're interested in that, you know, right now I'm so stoked. I'd say, let's, let's get together right after church. No. I'm thinking uh, Wednesday morning is morning watch. Um, we have staff after that. Wednesday's a pretty full day. Um, Thursdays, once a month now, we have evening watch. I'm thinking on the off times of evening watch, if, if there are folks that are interested and want to pray more effectively and, and war in, in specific situations. I want us to come with specific targets. Um, I think with Linda's permission, I'll, I'll try to meet with the intercessors on, on your intercessor slot. But then for those others, Thursday nights, uh, the three Thursday nights before we get to watch, uh, the night watch, um, evening watch, we'll, we'll want to use those. And if, if you're interested in that, I don't want to scratch where you're not itching, but if, if that's where you've got a, a sense that the Holy Spirit's saying, yeah, email me this week, let me know that so that I'll know and, and let me know what your availability is. Let me know if Thursday at, at 7 o'clock works. Uh, let, let me know if that's too late. Uh, it might be too late when the sun goes down earlier in the, later in the year for all our non-night drivers uh, but let me know and we'll, we'll take care of that so Holy Spirit we thank you we love you hmm. we thank you for the word of the Lord we thank you for what Paul wrote to the church at Rome we thank you for how it applies to us today and I pray Lord that there would be a real sense of our identity going from glory to glory because of intimacy with you because our relationship with you is growing. Mm. Let's just wait on the Lord just a second. Ask him if he wants to give you a word for someone or if he's showing you someone that he wants you to pray for. We want to have ministry. In Costa Rica, I'd be good for another hour to pray for people. So don't don't think that we gotta we gotta run out. But for those that need to run out in a minute, I'm just gonna say, man, you can leave. But uh, uh, this is a dangerous body, and you still may get apprehended before you get to the door. And that's because the Lord loves you.
So Holy Spirit, release the words, release the ministry, release the anointing for healing, release full deliverance authority today to us as your sons and daughters. Arby, I forgot to let you worship team come as you guys come and play. Continue to receive words. If you need to leave as we're singing, you feel free to leave. Uh, but let's uh, let's be let's be um, just excited about the things that the Lord might do in the next ten minutes among us. Let's have a an enthusiasm. It says, oh God, how do you want to use me to bless someone today? Who is it that's got a heavy burden that you want to highlight so that I'll know that they, they should receive prayer? Now, if you have a burden, you have a need, you're always welcome to come forward. If you come forward, we will definitely know that you want to be prayed for. If you don't come forward, then we're just going to trust the Holy Spirit to target you. We, we, we believe in smart bombs in the kingdom. And if he puts the laser on you, that's right where the bomb's gone. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be able to discern that. It's a joy to be home. It's a joy to be with you. It's, I, I keep pinching myself. It's such an honor and a joy to be alive in the kingdom at a time such as this. The things that we don't have, the nonsense that has been religious battles before, the freedom, uh, the, the opportunity to draw near, and the grace that he's placed upon us to do that is like no other time in the history of man. So let's continue to draw closer and closer to him. Let's stand as the worship team leads us in our last song. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.